Spalding, this calls for the old Billy Barul. Episode three of the Conquer Golf Podcast. Brian Thompson here alongside with Kevin Noto. Uh, just wanted to kind of recap what an awesome week it was last weekend, Kev. Uh, I don't know, what were sort of your initial thoughts uh, of the tournament, kind of reflecting on it? Um, it was impressive. Uh, Tiger doing what he did, you could see that how needed it was. Um, the golf crowds, the energy... I even saw a stat yesterday that said compared to last Sunday or last year's Sunday of the PGA Championship, the ratings were up like sixty-seven or sixty-nine percent. So yeah. it's like just the energy. Um, it's unbelievable when he's back in the hunt, especially of a major. So yeah, no, it was it was pretty cool. I, I felt like, I mean, Kepka was obviously phenomenal, um, and even he, you know, everybody was kind of a lot of people were talking about how impressed they were with Tiger uh, having come back from sort of that early um, early uh, kind of rough start or whatever when he was three over after two holes. But even Kepka was two over his first nine holes this yeah, tournament. I, I remember I, I, he was in my lineup for my, my DraftKings lineup and I texted you, he needs to step it up. Well, <laughs> he stepped it up. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I felt like it was, it was obviously really cool to see Tiger play well on Sunday. I just felt like even he realized that even though he didn't win, he, he kind of won. Like, I think mentally mm. he, he won. Like He yeah. went into Sunday. He's obviously never won coming from behind, but he played as well as he's ever played. And, like, yeah, if Brooks had like even a mediocre day on Sunday, he, he would have won. Yeah, um, that's very true. I think the one thing that stuck out to me was um, he just couldn't hit fairways again. Like, picture if he... <laughs> Picture if he could play from where these other guys play from. <laughs> he would dust the field so bad. Um, it's, he just he doesn't get it in the fairway like these guys do. Um, he hits it just as far. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, maybe a couple guys squeak it by him, but like, yeah. it's just he plays from such a disadvantage off the tee because his first instinct is to resort to much shorter clubs off the tee, leaving him way longer shots. But... It's still so impressive what he did, and I think it's a testament to his mental game. Um, yeah. No one grinds harder. Like, no one ever well, has grinded harder. Yeah, and his creativity was definitely on display with some of the shots, especially that shot on nine on Sunday. I mean, I, I think, you know, everybody talks about how good he is strokes gained uh, with his approach shots, mm -hmm. and he, he is, but part of it is because, like you're saying, he puts himself in some of the worst possible positions off the tee that, like... And he's so creative that he, he can make up a half a shot from the trees, whereas mm -hmm. other guys might just be, like, pitching to the front of the green. He's actually, like, formulating a shot to actually get at the hole. Or, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so, anyway, you're, you're absolutely right. The crowds were awesome. Um, and that was, that, was, that was really fun to watch. Uh, the other one that I was impressed with was, was Adam Scott with the special, <laughs> special exemption. Uh, it was kind of cool. It made me feel young again. I feel like I was watching golf in like the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Again, Tiger and Adam. And Stuart Sink. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? For sure. That, that's kind of, I mean, he's very quietly had himself 
quite a year, I think. Like he, he's a lot uh, of top tens. Yeah, like just I've seen him creep up on a number of leaderboards, and I mean, here's a guy who's 45 years old. He's, you know, everybody talks about Tiger being like getting older, but Stewart Sink's three years older, and yet here he is. He's like actually playing very, very solid golf. Um, it's impressive. Yeah, his earnings this year 1.3 million. Um, so to have a million before the playoffs even start is pretty good. Um, world rank, he snuck inside the top 100. Yeah, it's impressive because he fell off the map for he a did. long, long time, maybe he, four or five years. He's had three top fives since the, yeah. the St. Jude Classic. That's in, that's impressive. Yeah, it's very <laughs> impressive. But um, the leaderboard, I mean, maybe other than than Stuart Sink and Adam Scott is pretty much who you'd expect. So just to go down in order, you got Brooks, Tiger, Adam Scott, Stuart Sink, and then you go John Rahm, Thomas Peters, who's proven to be a little bit of a big game hunter, uh, Molinari, Justin Thomas, Woodland. Yeah. Um, Woodland, he came back on the last day a little bit. He was, I felt so bad for him. He had a couple horrible holes. That I, that fiasco with the oh, bunker oh and the gosh. raking. How does is, that even happen? If you So, like, uh, the thing I'm trying to wonder is, if you're his caddy, so he's in the bunker in the front. Yes. He hits it over into the back bunker. Yes. Didn't rake the front bunker well, on the premise that like he was gonna rake it after the hole was on over. On the premise that Kevin Kisner was playing out of that bunker next, so there's two balls in the front bunker. Right. And then Woodland gets in. He plays first, hits it in the back bunker. Then Kevin Kisner gets in, plays his shot out, and then Kisner's caddy goes to rake it, and Woodland he's in the direct line of Woodland, so he doesn't rake because he would have been in Woodland's mm. through line. Ah, uh, okay, um, I, I wasn't thinking about it Kisner's that clearly. caddy wrote on Twitter, I guess, like, it's completely my fault, I should have got in there and raked it, I feel horrible, um, and then Woodland's caddy actually jumped in and said, there's no way you could have raked that in time, he's like, my player wasn't going to wait for you to rake that, he was yeah. going to play right then. Um, you would have been in his line, and we would have had to ask you to move and stuff like that, so, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but it's I, just I don't, it's, his his second shot, his second shot out of the front bunker was actually better than the first one. So yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I, <laughs> but that, talk about a spot where if your player is playing that fast and things are unraveling, that's a perfect time for the caddy to tell him slow down. You know, yeah, like, like slow down. Let's let this guy rake his butt or whatever. <laughs> take a couple breaths and and refocus here. But yeah. um, I don't know. I can't imagine what's going through a player's head. Yeah, at that time he was. Tied for the lead or whatever. Yeah, he was. He was, he was right, right there. there for sure. And, he was, and it's he's kind of watching, you know, it all fall apart with a, a big X on that hole. So yeah. uh, it's tough. Tell you what, you definitely called it with a lot of the bombers though. You were talking about being soft and bombers having an advantage. I mean, there's some guys that aren't. I guess Molinari, Molinari, and um, yeah, I, I guess Stewart Sink. I wouldn't consider a bomber anymore, although he still hits it decently far. Everyone else on that leaderboard is yeah. a bomber until you get down to tenth place. And then yeah, Burberio and Hatton and Spieth all they they don't hit it short by right. any means, but right. they're not known for their prolific distance. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's just when it gets wet like that, it's because the bombers. It's not like how it used to be when VJ Singh was like they would talk about like bomb and gouge where they just hit it anywhere and it was way easier to play out of the rough than yeah. it was from 50 yards back in the fairway 
it's the bombers nowadays they hit it straight <laughs> they do the technology or whatever it is but yeah. they hit it really straight like I mean, Kepka hit 64% of the fairways this week, which yeah. for somebody that's hitting it 320 and not getting any roll, yeah, that's outrageous. I know. That is absolutely outrageous. And that doesn't count first cuts, you know? Right. Which, right. I don't know how often that happened, but I'm just saying, you could tack on another couple drives throughout the week that I'm sure ended up in the first cut, which for all intensive purposes with the soft conditions is as good as hitting a fairway. Yeah. Um, so... It's it's just too hard to compete. That's why I feel like the new breed of golfer, you know, the the most important club in the bag could be driver moving forward. It it just it just might be because they're trying to make these courses long. You're staring at a lot of four eighty, five hundred yard par fours, and the guy who can just give himself short irons in all day has such an advantage um, over someone who can't or is scared to pull driver. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I was looking at the uh, just the yes, the, the last day's statistics. I wasn't even looking at the full round. But yeah, I mean, by comparison, Tiger hit. What did he hit? He was uh, for the week, fifty-seven percent of fairways, hitting irons off a bunch of them. Yeah, hitting irons. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's. It's, I don't know. I have to look up what Kepka did. But where do you think Kepka fits into the game? I mean, obviously, he's number two in the world now. He's won three majors in the last two years. Like, is is he? Do you see him as sort of overtaking DJ as like sort of the next number one? He certainly seems like he's on that trajectory, but he, he doesn't win enough, right? Yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. So he just, I he has four wins. Three of them are majors. So. Unbelievable. I was watching Has that ever, that, that, there's no way that's ever happened before. Somebody's won so. three majors and their first four wins. I mean, I can't imagine it ever happening. Right? You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, try to explain that in your brain. The, I, I'm like, maybe he doesn't gear up. Maybe he doesn't take other stuff serious. But that seems... Until yeah. he started winning majors, he should have taken every tournament very serious you know yeah. like how many majors do you have to win before a regular tournament matters less to you you got to win a lot more than he's won right like i get it if tiger gears up an extra gear for majors but like all these other guys a, a win like should matter a lot to them oh for sure <clears throat> i think it matters for, to everyone I, I it's funny though i mean I, I, a lot of people will probably try and say that kepka like gears up for majors and and like maybe there's some element to that but honestly i think it's just like randomness you know like he just happened to play well on like eventually in the course of history i mean this is the 100th pga championship we just had like in 100 years of or 129 you know you get open championships around like somebody's gonna win you know their their tournaments at majors just by sheer randomness like that's very true um also um I guess you could say maybe it's not intensity or anything, but like maybe the course is set up better for him. Yeah. Like clearly U.S. Open set up, so maybe there's something about, you know, really firm, uh, and really yeah. really horrible greens to putt on. That that sort of thing favors him a little bit. And then this PGA Championship, you can't talk about firm, but you could just talk about a bomber's delight, you know. And he fills both those buckets. 
maybe he doesn't fill the Augusta bucket, and he won't for some reason. I don't know. Um, do you know if he plays mostly a cut or a yeah, he drop just, tee? He hits that just massive like power cut. Power cut. Yeah. It's it's impressive. I think most of the the long drivers are doing that. Even DJ, DJ seems does. to do that. I mean, Adam Scott to me is the only one that really consistently works it right to left mm-hmm. off the tee. Maybe Rory. Yeah. Um, but I think it's hard nowadays with the... I think the cut, even in some cases, even goes farther for some of these guys because it spins just a little bit more. It stays in the air now that the ball and the, the drivers really don't spin as much. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at these strokes gained off the tee stats. Tiger Woods, for the week, minus 0.8 strokes gained off the tee. Brooks Kepka for the week, plus 5.8 strokes gained off the tee. He yeah, picked up six, six and, and a half, half strokes. <laughs> Off the tee. Yeah, I'm looking at driving accuracy. So, um, Kepka for the week is like 73.2. I guess on Friday's round, he hit 85.7% yeah. of fairways. That's outrageous. And then Tiger is 57. Yeah, that's... And, and 20 yards behind him in average driving distance. So... <sighs> It was only 35, 30, 35.7% in the last round. Five of 14 fairways and shot six under par. How good is that? You ever, what, I mean, how many times have you shot six under par in your life? You definitely had a few rounds in the mid-60s. Maybe five. Yeah, my in my like, life. Yeah, like I'm same here. Like yeah. more or less, about the same. Yeah. Like I don't recall ever doing it off of a day where I was like hitting out of the trees and four-inch cabbage yeah. all day. No, definitely yeah. not. And I've never played a course that long, uh, really. Yeah. I mean, definitely not anywhere I've shot that. The only thing I could say that they had was, I mean, they had soft greens, but it didn't look like there was much wind all week. That's true. Which, I don't know. I I think that, I think that should help Tiger. Um, Because hitting tee shots when there's wind becomes way harder. So yeah. it could have even got worse. It, I don't know. It's yeah. the margin when you have someone who can drive it well. The the good drivers stand out so much more compared to the bad drivers than when there's no wind too. So yeah, it's something he's gonna have to fix. Um, clearly not to win majors. I can't say that because he's proven he could win it. Ranked, you know, a hundred and twenty second in driving accuracy <laughs> for the week, which is it's, insane. That is insane. But, but he's right there. Yeah. All right, speaking of mapping driver, let's switch gears a little bit here. Steph Curry played in the Ellie Mae Classic uh, and had a, a really, I mean, by, by just about anybody's expectations, uh, a great start, 71 in the first round, one over yeah. par. Uh, the pros usually kind of get after that course pretty well and shoot some, some low numbers, but still, 71, that was three, everybody was pretty pleased last year when he shot a couple 74s and 71s, obviously, mm-hmm. three better than that, so... That was a good start, uh, and then just the wheels just totally came off in round two. Like, I didn't see many of the highlights, but I watched him from one one. It looked like he stuffed a couple iron shots in there and, and kind of clawed back after being four over, I think, at one point. But yeah. that second round, I mean, what happened? Yeah. Was he mapping it? He mapped it. He had a, he had one hole. He hit two out of bounds off the tee, mm-hmm. and like it's pretty, you know, especially somebody who doesn't. I mean, obviously he's the you know, an ultimate competitor and has been in, uh, you know, highly tense, uh, situations and on the basketball court, uh, nobody can question that. But, you know, when you're a little bit out of your comfort zone on a golf course and 
you know, starts going sideways. He certainly doesn't play that much during the uh, during the basketball season. So I think it's one of those situations where just kind of got away from him. And honestly, I think that's that's really the difference between you know good golfers and elite professional golfers, right? Is that like elite professional golfers don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I do that occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I don't know what he. I think he shot eighty six or something. Four. I don't know what it was. It, yeah. was, it was something in mid eighties. Um, and, uh, you know, but you, you just don't see that from the tour pros very often. If you do, it's usually Condition like, based. Can, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was still cool. It brought a little bit more exposure to the tournament again. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, if he got another invite and I'm sure he would, would love the opportunity to sort of redeem himself, if you will. So, oh, yeah. um, now, what, what do you think, Steph Curry? You think he's going to make a run for the tour when he's like forty, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> and like, he'll still be in good shape, more than likely. I bet he could probably, if he works at it, he might do like a John Smoltz kind of a. I'm going to try to make the senior tour. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I could definitely sponsor see that. exemptions. But then again, he's such a family man. I mean, yeah, that's true. Maybe he just will be like, eh, I'd rather instead of having to practice every day and get up and grind, maybe. Maybe I'll just play. I could picture him Tony Romoing, which I know Tony Romo's going to probably try and be a senior tour player, but like, he's right now just playing kind of bigger amateur tournaments. Yeah. Because he can fund it, travel around, and you don't have to take it too serious. You don't got to compete against the big boys, but you still get to play competitive golf. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's underrated. Um, just traveling around. Because amateur tournaments, if you're getting invites, which I'm sure he is of anyone, anyone famous can get invited to these top tier amateur tournaments, and they're fun. Yeah, I mean, no, no question, yeah. no question. All right, so re- reverting back to our previous conversation a little bit for a second, uh, just in terms of the PGA Tour and kind of next steps. Obviously, the the next thing on the horizon uh, that most people are thinking about is the Ryder Cup, and I think. This kind of brings up an interesting thing. A lot of people, to me, make a really big deal out of the role of the captain. And I don't know. I, I, I know that even the best players in the world make a big deal out of this. There's been captains that they love and captains that they, they were really indifferent or even disliked. But like to me, I don't know. If I'm out on the golf course with one of my fellow countrymen, like I don't really care who the captain is. Like I'm just going to try and beat the guy's in the blue sweaters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I completely agree with you. I've never understood um, that logic. The other logic I don't understand is the order that, like, people go out on Sunday. Like, it's made a really big deal about, like, I don't know. I understand front-loading to, like, shatter all hopes, and then you want to have people who can handle a little bit of pressure at the back, but, like, I don't know. It's made a very, very big deal, and I'm like, at the end of the day, these guys have played under immense pressure. I know they all say Ryder Cup is a different beast, but especially on that Sunday, it's just you're just golfing by yourself, you know? Right, and and the other thing is that these guys are they're not, like, it's not like one of them is, like, eons ahead of the other. Like, they're all pretty much the same level. Like, obviously... You can make an argument that Kepka and DJ have sort of separated themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, Fowler right now, I'd say, are probably in that next tier um, of American players anyways. Reed is probably in that group. Um, 
but like they're all essentially like the same skill level. I'm sure they all really want to win. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm with you, Cap. I I don't think I think captains is, are one of those things that is just extremely overrated. I think you know what made Davis Love a great captain. I think is that he realized that. And he made it about the players and what they wanted that week, and that's probably what made him a really good captain, mm-hmm. um, rather than trying to, you know, the captain who, who made it all about them. Um, anyways, I don't know. Okay, so if you are the Ryder Cup captain, I think probably the, the one important, really important job that you have, aside from picking out the team uniforms, uh, <laughs> is picking the right players as your captain's picks. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point. Uh, in spite of uh, Jim Furyk being a bit vague about things, uh, there's no question he's going to pick Tiger. Uh, Probably think, Phil. Uh, like the PGA of America should renounce his captaincy if he doesn't pick Tiger. I you think? I think Phil's the question mark. I don't know. I, I, you're probably right. I just, he, yeah, I guess in Ryder Cups, he he's kind of a good. He's definitely a good team guy. You know, in the sense that he's good to have mm-hmm. in the room and you know, good veteran voice. A lot of these guys that are that have made the team on points are pretty young. I mean, you've got the only guy I think that's over 30. Uh, you got Simpson and, and Watson, I think, are the only two guys over 30 yeah. on the team. Maybe DJ's. Is he 30 now? He might be. He might be close, yeah. Um, but everybody else is in their 20s. Some guys even in their kind of mid to early 20s. Yeah. Um, God, look at that team. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I it's, mean, the weakest link I see is Bubba, in yeah. my mind. But just because he's so streaky, like, he wins multiple times earlier this year, gets in, and then, you know, starts missing cuts. Uh, it's inconsistent. But if there was a format that ever suited him, it's match play. So I was going to say, and, and not only that, but four ball. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Love to have him on my four ball team. Yeah. Even alternating shot, he drives it. He's a decent driver of the ball. Wild, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. In, a, in a weird way. He's effectively wild, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he has pretty much a one way miss, and he, you know, can hit it in unbelievable places that no one else can. And but for the most part, he hits that power cut pretty straight. So he's not even the worst alternate shot guy. Um, yeah. All right. So want to read down the top eight? Yeah. So, I mean, the the one that I find really interesting is Deshembo. At nine. Yes. Yeah, I know. Tiger made a point that he he really thought that DeShambo was the type of guy that they wanted on the team, which Tiger certainly spent more time around Bryson than I have. Um, he, he's obviously he's a talented player. I think his his whole mentality sort of makes me a little bit nervous, and, and especially seeing him have that meltdown on the yeah. range. I'm like, holy smokes. But if this... you... All right, when do they announce? That was the last week for qualifying, so... Teams are locked, but when do they announce? When do these picks get done? But I don't know. That's a good question. I thought it was. I usually it used to be like right, right. after. Yeah, the, you would think the second they lock the top eight, then captains' picks have to come out right then, or else they should still be allowing them to like get in. Yeah, but so let's just assume Tiger and Phil are in. Yeah, um, you got two more, and the next, um, as far as points go, is Bryson at nine. Xander Shoffley, um, Kucher, Kisner, Finau, Kyle Stanley, Brian Harmon. Uh, let's just go that far because I yeah. don't think you'll get pa- we'll get past no. there. September third is when Furyk is going to announce. So he's got, he's got two, two more and events and a half weeks. after the 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, some players could take oh, form. I didn't realize. He's announcing his first three captains pick after Dell Technologies, and he's going to announce the fourth and final pick after the BMW Championship. Uh, the suspense is killing me here. <laughs> That's it's kind of interesting. Gives himself an out in case he wants that... That you know that hot player that's coming into the week. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if you'd rather have the team cemented before that to like start building chemistry, or just to know. I don't know. I don't how about if you? How about if you're like one of the two or three guys that he's looking at for that last pick, and you're yeah. like playing in that last tournament? That's a pretty good audition. Do they make money for the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup, the players. I'm sure they get paid. No, no, no they do. No, I thought that was. That was a big beef in the like uh, around two thousand, early two thousands. Tiger and Duval. I thought they had a beef that, you know, if they weren't going to get paid in the PGA, was going to make all this money. They at least wanted to make some money so they could mm, give maybe. it to charity or something. That, but yeah, I that that was a thing for a while. I don't know whatever came of that, um, but my understanding is that they they don't get paid. I, I could be wrong. I mean, but, anyone who's on these teams probably doesn't need. Yeah, it's yeah, they're, uh, they're money, and plus they're all set up for the week. It's yeah. not like yeah. But yeah. it just, I would just surprised that they're not. But interesting. Yeah, I think the the interesting ones aside from from Tiger and Phil, obviously, I think we we probably agree they're probably in. Uh, Phil maybe is a little bit more of a question mark in my mind, but I don't think Kuchar. I don't. I don't no. think. I, I just don't. I haven't seen enough really good golf uh, out of him lately. He's obviously. I could. You know what I could see? I could see. Tiger getting the nod for the captain's pick, and Kuchar getting the nod to take Tiger's spot as a vice captain. That would be great. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. I mean, how many straight Ryder Cups and President's Cups has Kuchar been on, too? You know, when you think about it. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that he's been on like four straight Ryder Cups. I don't know, but probably the same amount of President's Cups, yeah. I would imagine. So that's that pretty straight years. Oh, no, he's yeah. great. I mean, he's been just a model of consistency the last no, but 10 I years agree. or he so. Shouldn't, he shouldn't be on this team, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I had to just say who's going to be on it, it would be Kevin Kisner and probably Tony Finnell. I was gonna. I knew you were gonna pick Finnell. Yeah. I just he fits that model of like what captains look for, which is they can hit it far, and he's a great putter, according to people. Yeah. I don't know. According to Jim, he played with Jim Furyk in the uh, in the PGA Championship the first two days. That's true. Made ten birdies in front of the captain. Yeah. That, that was impressive. quite a turnaround. Yeah, yeah, that's very impressive. <laughs> but so it, it'll be interesting to see if DeShembo can, can get picked. I have a feeling that he could end up being one of those last guys. Like the, I mean, the, the, it could end his career too. If he if he <laughs> oh, Hunter Mayhem, oh, oh man, chunks a chip or misses a putt, like when it matters. I mean, it's going to be back to the he'll lab. Never, he'll never recover. Yeah, it, it's a career ender for him. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready. It's he, well. There's no question that he cares. That's for sure. Oh man. <laughs> Do you remember the Hunter Mayhem? Oh, I remember it well. I mean, Graham McDowell had him. Had him like behind the eight ball. Either he did. Way. He did. But it wasn't still... like he had it in the bag and yeah. lost it. It was like he was. He was probably gonna lose, and then he just flubbed the chip. That, that right, and that, but that chip was one that he had. He had his wits about him. He should have scared the hole in that at least. And yeah, like, you'd hope. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but he didn't. So, who do you uh, got? I, I I definitely have Tiger. 
I think you're right. I think Finale is a good one. He's had some good finishes and good golf in big tournaments. He didn't have a great start last week, but I mean, shoot, he top ten the Masters. He was he was up there at the U.S. Open, if I'm remembering correctly, and he just seems to be like always around. Yeah. I mean, I know we commented around. last week that uh, you know you were surprised at how common he was that people were picking him in the mm-hmm. DraftKings. Uh, yeah, he's like, 37 percent owned or something. Yeah, but he's the highest by far. Yeah, yeah, it's. it's I mean, and it just speaks to how consistent he's been. Uh, and I, I agree. I think in, in four ball, I think he's the kind of guy that that would be great. And, and certainly he's good enough to hold his own in a, in a singles match with Ryder Cup pressure, I think. So um, I think he would relish that. So yeah, so I got Tiger. I got Tony Finau. Yeah, I guess I got to pick Phil. And then, gosh, my last pick is hard. Like... I obviously have a soft spot for Xander since I launched his career in 2015 at the <laughs> NorCal Open. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, I guess I'm, I guess what I'm waiting, if, if I'm the captain, I'm, I've got those three picks and I'm waiting the last few weeks to, to see who my, my last pick who is plays, between, you know? between DeShambeau, Shoffley, and Kistner. I mean, I guess if Kucher caught fire, I could conceivably pick him too, but I just don't see that True. happening. What if uh, Brian Harmon got hot again? Because earlier this year, there was like no doubt in my mind he was going to make the Ryder Cup. He had won, he was top tenning everything, and then he falls off the map. But yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I probably don't think not. So. Huh? I I don't know. I mean, if look, if if any one of these guys in the next like twenty five got really hot, then maybe I yeah. could see it. But I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, what, what if... You can't go down you know, too far. But. What if Stuart Sink got hot? No. No? He's got three top fives in the last, like, no. two months. No, he wouldn't do it. All right. Fair enough. I'm just I'm going way down the list here. You're probably right. No, I think that's probably it. All right. We gotta wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we but. do. All right. So real quick, we got the Wyndham Championship next week. Tiger's obviously too good now to play in the Wyndham again, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, any ideas? Uh, kind of sleeper picks. It's not. It seems like a kind of a Webb Simpson kind of a week to me. Um, um, yeah, I mean, last year took solo third. Uh, last year it was Henrik Stenson, Oli Schneider, Jans, and Webb Simpson were the top three. Um, I don't actually know too much about... Sedgefield Country Club? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It usually plays pretty firm and fast, I feel like. Yeah. I'm going with an under-the-radar pick this week. Who you got? Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk. Yeah. Wow. He's, he's made 20 of 24 cuts, apparently, according to DraftKings. 20 of 24? Yeah. Wow. I saw him. I saw him on TV last week at the PGA Championship. So he must have been out there. I don't remember what he was shooting, but I feel like he's very much a yeah a dark horse. Interesting. Pick. Um, winner for me. He's been playing good. One Shane Lowry. So Ooh, Shane Lowry, I like that. Yeah, he found himself on the leaderboard deep last weekend. Um, I like him too. He's just uh, goes out there and gets it. So. I think him and Rory grew up playing junior golf together. Just a little fun fact. But, yeah. Um, all right, last place. Seems pretty obvious. DA points. <laughs> For sure, going <laughs> to take last. Seems pretty obvious. <laughs> Kevin, just ruthless over here. Yep, I think uh, so. Oh, now I've got it. I've got to pick a last place. Okay. Um, 
I'm gonna go with. Ooh, there's some real stinkers in here. I, I mean, there's some some names that I didn't you know. scroll far enough down. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go Brendan DeJong. He he was great for a while. He had had some nice finishes, but uh, yeah, I'm Brendan, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I dare you to prove me wrong. I like it. I like it. Well, that's it this week, and uh, yeah. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I'm just sitting here in front of you guys. Talking. Just hanging out here.